All right, we are going to be uh, going back through the idea of the image of God. We, we referenced it uh, briefly, but we kind of want to go back to it and kind of flesh it out a little bit more in, in terms of what what it implies. So what is doing the of man. So, so that is the purpose of man. We're, 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 we're seeing that through... Through the discussion of the image of God. In other words, why? Why God made man in his image. And that will identify our purpose. So I want to turn to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you for a loop there, Becky. Well, you did, and I was like, we've already gone over that. And I'm like, well, let's I switched it at 3 in the morning. <laughs> I was up. Genesis 1, 26 and 27, if someone wants to read that. Okay, so so we're going to to start from here. And this is what we referenced before that 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 God caps off His creation with with making of man. Of course, we understand. I think from from the scriptures we've talked about God's nature and our nature and the difference between that. That He's whatever He means by image is not what we think of from the word image. We, we think of the word image as a reference to something physical, what it looks like, because that's what the word image is to us. It, it references our eye. But with God, it doesn't reference the eye. It references the nature of something, the structure of something, or, or um, the what we call a likeness. Well, if, if I make an image, I make a... Likeness. I make something similar, and of course, I interact with my world primarily through my vision. So if I'm going to make something to be like something else, I typically make it to look like something else. And, um, you know, a painting or whatever, th- those are likenesses, a uh, sculpture. So I in- immediately interpret this from a visible perspective and God doesn't. God says likeness has nothing to do as far as God is concerned with what you look like. It has to do with what you are like. You're, you're, so, so I want to turn to Romans chapter 8 verse 16 and, and then we're going to jump down to verse 27 and we're just going to handle these two verses. Romans 8 verse 16 and then verse 27. Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Yep. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay. So so what is our connection to God or 
specifically these reference to spirit. Okay. I am spiritual. Uh, I have a nature. So, so what is my spirit doing in these verses? They're doing different things, uh, whether specifically in each, each reference or just in general. What, or what is it allowing me to do? Okay. Okay, so, so here we reference the Holy Spirit. But there in both of these passages there there's there's a connection. Right? There, there's a connection of the Holy Spirit. And then there's he says the, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, right? And so we see a likeness, we see a similarity. God is spirit. I have a spirit. An image is similar. It's not the exact thing. So, so I'm not just a miniature Holy Spirit. I'm made in the likeness of it. I have something that's similar. And so we're talking about the, the structure of something. My structure is, is spiritual, primarily. My, my primary structure is not physical. How do I know that? How do I know that my primary structure is not my physical one? Because your spirit is left behind. Okay. Yeah, but my my when my body's done, or this body, I'm still going to exist, right? Man was made in the image of God, so that's his primary structure. That, that's who I am, my identity. So, uh, and we're going to come back to identity in a second. Um, well, not a, not a second. That's going to get down there a little bit. Um, now, I cannot grasp the depth of what all this means. But, but the understanding, the ability to assimilate knowledge about the divine is a part of my realm okay in other words we ask those questions no other creation or no other part of god's visible creation angels may be asked those questions but they don't even they comprehend it the bible says that they comprehend it less than we do like things like uh like grace they they don't understand that they wish they understood that they're like why do these people down here get to understand that? We don't. And um, so, it, it, they, like animals, animals don't see in an animal in a color spectrum, or most don't anyway, right? So it doesn't belong to them. It's it's a it's it's something that's not even in their their realm. And we have a visibility of something spiritual because of the structure that we have. Now, that again, because I am not, because I'm an image of God, I don't get the full grasp of it. I don't see in the high def, right? I, I kind of have a rudimentary, I'm, I'm working with the old, you know, RCA television color. <laughs> but, it, but at least it it's, I can access that. I can access divine thought. Animals cannot 
access divine thought. They're, they're not made in the image of, of God. So that kind of uh, that's the first thing, structurally speaking, that we, we place who and, and why this image is important. Uh, let's go back to Genesis 3, 8, and 9. And we're going to see another aspect of, of this image. What it's, what it's there for, I guess we're asking the question, what is it there for? What, why did God come up with this idea to make me in his image? Genesis 3, 8, and 9. Then the man and his wife were the son of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the night. And they came from the Lord God and the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man What do we observe happening beyond the sin, which is an aspect of this that that we're made morally. That's a part of our structure is moral. That's not really where I want to focus. Fear. Fear? Okay, before the fear. Relationship. We are made in the image for a relationship. Now, I've pointed this out before, and I'm this is one of the things we, we all say it. It's, it's almost a cliche, but it's true. That's why it's a cliche. It's because it's true. Um, but um, to point out that man was used to the sound of God in the garden. He recognized it. He recognized doesn't say that God saw man in the garden and took off. He heard God and... and so he used the secondary sense and came to the idea of God's in the garden. Whatever that sounded like, uh, it was impressive. What, he was used to it, and he recognized it and took off because he was guilty, because he's afraid. But there's something here even without the fear. So, so there's this relationship. There's a regularity to it. But there's something else, and, and I, I didn't see this. We say things like this all the time, like, well, every time you read the Bible... You get something out of it. You can read the same verse again and again and again. A small verse. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, I thought I got an extra detail once. And I pulled it out. I was like, wow, that was amazing. And I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I viewed this, and I read this completely from Adam's perspective. Now, I'll read it again, and look at it from God's perspective. All right? So, so Genesis 3 uh, uh, verse, verse 9. So the Lord God called out to man and said to him, where are you? From God's perspective, what's again, without regards to the sin, what do you notice? It's don't think that God didn't know where they were. Correct. Also correct. He's kind of asking them to be accountable. Yeah. He lets him know that he knows that they're hiding. Yeah. The structure of the statement, all those things are true. The structure of the statement presents an expectation that they were there. Where are you? What's different today? It goes to accountability. It goes to something's different today. But that means something's different today. 
That means there's a past that had been occurring. Where are you, Adam? Why is today different? Up to this day, we had an expectation. It's the cool of the evening. I'm here. We have a relationship. It was regular. We don't know. Maybe whenever God came, Adam ran to be with him. Yeah. And suddenly he's not. And suddenly he's not. And uh, so, so we have this second idea that man's image... The, the, or being man's structures being in the image of God is relational. Right? We have relationships with our animals and our pets, right? but not really. Right? We imagine them what they're thinking. Well, I wonder what the dog thinks. I wonder, like, we, and we can see basic level emotion with them, can't we? But it's, it, it's not a human. Um, what, what, what's your favorite pet in history? You, you go back, you, you have a favorite pet that you love when you were a kid, or maybe when you had kids and you loved that animal, right? We don't grieve them. I was broken up when my, I had a dog for 15 years, I was broken up when she died. I'm not broken up now. I like the dog. We don't have the capacity to connect to them because we're on different, we're in different, we're structured differently. God has made us in his image. We're not on the same level, but we possess a thing that is more like him than anything else that we are like. We are designed for a relationship with God. Uh, let's look at functional. Let's go back to Genesis 1. What is the primary function? We read those verses. We're not going to read them again, but if you just kind of glance at them, verse 26 through 28, what is man's <clears throat> function? Okay. Okay, so, so we're given a job. God doesn't give that to anybody else. He doesn't say, here, okay, this is the low-level stuff. I'm going to give this to the chimpanzees. Or, you know. He gives that to man because man is like God. How is man like God in this regard? Cares for them. Okay, cares for them. How else? We have the ability to figure out what needs there are and, and, and how to properly take care of things. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, but man still has the capacity, is, is the point. Uh, we are structured to have the capacity to figure out how to take care of things. If, if technology died, 
and today, I mean, there's lots of people that don't know anything unless they can YouTube it, right? If, if all technology disappeared today, right now, boom, humanity wouldn't cease to exist. Guess what we'd do? We'd figure it out really quick. And because we have the capacity to. So we are made in the image of God. We're, we're designed for function. And not just the ability to do stuff, but to have the sovereignty and authority to do so. And so these, these three elements are universal among man. They're universal. They are part of man's nature. It, it, it's not, well, he has it more than I have it. Well, a person might be smarter. That's not what we're talking about. We all have the capacity for relationship. We all have the capacity... Um, to search for divine. We all have that capacity. Uh, no, there's, there's no one that, you know, well, this person somehow was born without the image of God. All, all mankind is made this way. So we want to look at the purpose then. We're getting into the purpose of man. So let's talk about, there are two purposes specifically that we are made for uh, for this um, Let's look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. Someone wants to read that. Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. So th- we've talked about this, right? If we are designed to be relational, what does that necessarily imply? I'm designed for the purpose of a relationship with God. If, if, if that's the way he made me, then that's a purpose I have. That's a purpose to be seeking. Otherwise, I have an element of my basic structure that's not being used. Well, and what else do we find out in this verse about the relationship? Okay, I have a choice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's implied because obviously he's talking about them not really fulfilling that. that. So that's one element of the thing that's implied here. I mean, not but we're also designed with a longing for something else besides ourselves. Oh, okay. So whatever it is, it's going to be filled by something, or it's going to be a relationship with something. And here he's warning them, don't, don't have the relationship with the bad things. Right. Keep, keep your eyes on what you should have a relationship right. with. Okay, so, so we're made to be a part of something reciprocal. There's, there's a need I have. It's not just me praying and reading my Bible and me doing and doing and doing, but I am made to be a part of something reciprocal. In other words, I'm, I'm made to assimilate those things that God has for me. That's why he, he made me so that I can accept them. 
because he wants to show his love. He says, in fact, he says, that's actually much more important. He says, now that you've come to know God, or rather, now that you've come to be known by God. In other words, now that you are able and capable, that you're, you're kind of living within the image of God, that, that you're now accepting those things. And then he goes on to talk about the responsibilities of that. I am made to be able to accept relationship things from God. Uh, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Kind of along the same lines. Nope, that, that really, I mean, it is kind of in the middle of, the, of a statement, but that's Paul. We'll be backing up to like chapter two. So, um, what is the concept? What concept do you see? It's not your normal attitude that you have. It's something Mark said, you have to strive for, okay. long for, and change to be like him. Okay. It's not that it's totally different. It could be, depending on how you act. Okay. But it is different. We have the ability, you're right, it is different. We have the ability, in other words, to deepen the connection we're made we're made to accept different levels of things different depths of things and that is the 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 gate through which god makes us new creatures i'm still human right i i i don't change in my substance but really what god does is he a he forgives me and he he make he remakes me in terms of that but but he deepens a relationship where I'm at. I, I get to a point where I, am, I, I can't get naturally. Uh, so, so spirituality is a, a desired expression now of, of this relationship. One more here as we talk about the, the purpose, the primary purpose. Deuteronomy 6.5. We've been quoting this kind of. We've been working from a quote. Uh, in a recent sermon series, but this is the original quote, Deuteronomy 6.5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay, so, so he, he talks about, and we talked about our being, our soul, our, our identity. That thing within us, that thing that we are in our entirety, that love is the ultimate expression. And again, this goes to what a human has that an animal doesn't. An animal can express affection, and they do, sometimes amazingly, but they do not have the depth of expression that a human has available because they're not made in the image 
of God. Uh, and, and so when we, read, when we read through the scriptures, we find depths of love that are astounding. It, it, so much so that we, when we read Christ in the New Testament, we, we, can't, we can't imagine those levels of love and devotion. And, and not just Christ, but we see people doing things that we go, we've all said it. I don't think I could do that if I was in that situation. Well, you probably could. You know how? You know why you could? Because you're made in the image of God. And in that situation, you would have the capability to. Because, because no one is more in the image of God than anyone else. People were put in extreme situations and did extreme things. We don't think we could because we don't live in those situations that would require it. But were we? We would, I think. So the per- primary purpose of God is towards, or, or purpose of the image is to be towards God. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. This is actually very similar to Ephesians that we just read, but it takes a, a slightly different direction. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Verse, actually, let's read verse 9 and 10. Okay, so, so again, we have the concept of the image. We have the concept of the new self, the deeper, more connected self that comes with that image. But what's the application here? Where is the direction? What's Paul emphasizing here? Okay. So, so, so this is, so, so we have this, that goes back to what we talked about, that we have the, the, the ability to accept divine and assimilate divine thought. But where is it being directed now? Towards man. Look at verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old self. Right? It is primarily towards God. But then God says... You're one of a lot of people that are made in my image. And so you have a relationship with me. And, and the scriptures, throughout the scriptures, there's all these things. The greatest, we, we quoted the greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God your, with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And the second is like it. Love one another. Right? And then, and then John repeats this throughout the whole first letter of John where he's basically... Basically, the whole first letter of, of John is, don't tell me you, you love me if you don't love people. I've made them. They're in my image too. You can't love me and not love people who are also like you in my image, that they're equal with you. So, uh, so, so it is towards... Uh, Towards God, but towards man. I'm going to skip a couple of verses because um, 
to kind of emphasize the same point. Um, I do want to look at one here under this topic as we talk about being towards creation. Uh, Psalms 8, 4 through 6. Psalms 8, 4 through 6. And verse 6 is actually the, the emphasis point that we want to take here, but the verse 4 and 5 are kind of the setup. Someone wants to read that. <clears throat> Psalms 8, 4 through 6. But as man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him, you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands and you put everything under his feet. Okay, so, so here we come back to not just mankind here, but, but we go back to the garden where God was put over all of, of creation. Now, that's an element of things in terms of his authority. Now, I'm not put over other beings of, of the same level. Those are equal. But here we're now, we're now referencing that man is over nature. And so the idea, he says, what is... What is Man, that you're mindful of him. We're, why is man like he is? And one of the applications of that is to be a reflection of God's sovereignty. And, and some of the scriptures we'd go through would reflect that that we don't have this authority and sovereignty in and of ourselves. We have it because we are reflections of God. If I'm a reflection of God, then what does that imply? <laughs> Uh huh. So, so in reality, I'm I'm given a sphere of authority, but I don't. I don't have authority over God's lower creation. I'm I'm not the top one in the chain. In other words, I'm a manager, and so this implies responsibility with what I do. With what is really God's, right? I'm made in the image. I'm the one that He has here or I'm one of billions that are here to be responsible for things. Um, so, so that is important that we, we remember that. Um, we don't get to treat things the way we want to treat them just because we have the position. With the position comes the responsibility that, that God wants. So... Um, now, he asks a question that we're going to transition to as we apply some of this um, deeper. He asks this question, what is man that you are mindful of him? And this goes to, we're going to be looking kind of at, at some of the questions that we have about ourselves. That are all answered in the concept of the image of God. The image of God answers lots of questions we have. And the first one is, who am I? This is that question. What is man? This is the question that philosophers and, and everybody has been asking since the dawn of time. What is man? Many wrong conclusions. If they'd read something simple, 
If they'd go back to the first chapter of the Bible, they would have the answer. God answered it all the way back. What, are, what am I? I'm an image of God. That's what I am. That is, and this is where my identity is, Mark. I think it also is important to consider verse 3 when reading that. Yeah. Because David is looking at, you know, and, and I've thought about this before, and I've told this before. You look at everything that's out there, and you look at science, and you see how much stuff is in the universe for a scientist discovery, and how much God created. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. On, that, that's on, a good. On a very small ball in a very immense. Right, and and yet God is mindful. That's a good perspective. And that 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 shows how important <coughs> we being created in His image means to Him. Right. Or how important that is. To him. Yeah, and and how important it is to us that that, that we are alone in the universe, in, in the sense that that of all the created things. He says, you're lower than the angels, but it, it, when God says he's mindful, it's not like that, that's all he pays attention to. He means that he has specifically paid attention to us. We, we, we grade things, oh, this looks more important, this is higher, this is more powerful, right? And God says, I, yeah, you're lower than the angels, sort of, temporarily, but God is mindful of you, not the angels, about that. In fact, he says he's made his angels ministering spirits. They're like your servants, if you want. <laughs> like all these like massively powerful things that we talk about. Yeah, they, they're actually in su- like in in purpose and in design. They're actually beneath you. They they kind of have more power than you, but you know. Right. He says, for a little while. Yeah. So, so for a little while, you're lower. But in God's mind, that's not the way. That's not the. That's not the order. So, uh, so the. Nope. They are not. They are not made in His image. Yeah, that and that's I I I I, I, don't, I it's very uh, yes um, and uh, I'm trying to think where that is um, seems like it's in one of the gospels but um, I can't off the, I know the verse you're, you're talking about um, and that is there's a wide variety of opinions on that one so I'm just going to stay away from that it is a, it is an interesting fascinating topic. Um, because the, the same place talk about us judging each other, so I'm not not sure how that's going to work. So I'll let God take that. It will make sense when I get there. So, uh, so, so the first idea is that that um, that we get an identity, and from that, as we've talked about, we get into purpose. The second idea, Genesis. Um, we're not going to read four chapters. Why do I have that there? Uh, I think I supposed. Let's try Genesis chapter two, verse six. Uh, 
that think that's going to be wrong. Unless... Oh, no. Uh, no, it is verse 2 through 6, and I deleted the, the chapter. Um, but I think I know where it's at. It is with Noah. So it is one of... I think one of yes. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I, I, I uh, I was making it more concise in my, my notes for today. So um, why don't we just read it all as one, um, Genesis uh, 9, 2 through 6. The fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air, upon every creature that moves along the ground, and upon all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you, just as I gave you the green plants. I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal, and from every man too. I will demand an accounting for the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God has God made man. Okay, so, so God makes, God refers here to the uniqueness of humanity in all of the creation. He kind of reaffirms what he told Adam mm-hmm. because he destroyed everything, so now Noah is the new Adam. Yeah. So he kind of reconfirms yeah. you're over everything. Right. Yep. Make. I think it's also interesting that this tells us man was vegetarian until this point. And then he says, just as I gave you the plants, yep. now I give you meat. Yep. But don't eat it with the lamb. Right. While we're there. Humans are unique, and we are separate from animals. Well, we're talking about vegetarians. I I want you to to understand, this is not circular reasoning. It sounds kind of like circular reasoning. Well, man is unique. Why are we unique? Because human life is valued more. Well, that's that in and of itself, that is a circular logic. However, there is not a single PETA activist that would not sacrifice an animal life to save their own. We instinctively recognize, all humans instinctively recognize the superiority of human life. We, we, we come programmed that way. We know it. Because it's made in us. Um, we would also get into the equality of human life. What is, man has wrestled with this, but we approach more and more throughout time the concept of equality of life. We wrestle with this question. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44.
But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father. Okay, so, so this coming down and this, this being created like God, he says, it has nothing to do with what you do that makes you in the image of God. And so there's no person that you get to make exceptions for based on the way they behave. And this is how you know that man in the garden was not lowered in his nature. The sin did not change the nature of mankind. We are still in the image of God because he says you're still supposed to love your enemy. If, if, if changing the nature of who I am, if, if sin did that, other people, really bad people, would be on a different level from me and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be required to love them. They would be down with the animals. We're still in the image of God. Self-image, James chapter 3. I'm going to kind of whip through some of these here as we close out. James chapter 3, because these are all extremely important questions. That basic fundamental ideas that we have. James chapter 3, uh, verse 8 and 9. Okay, we get to self-image, another very important question. And so it tells us, this tells us a number of things. First of all, it tells us how we're supposed to talk and reflect on the value of other people. Uh, do not badmouth what God has made, and especially do not badmouth what God has made in his own image. God takes a really personal affront to that. I made that like me. That's special. Don't badmouth it. And the same goes, you were made in the image of God. Don't badmouth yourself. You were made in the image of God. You have self-value because I put it there. And, and sadly, many, many people don't understand their, their image and what that means for their value. James chapter 5, verse 20. The next... I think this applies kind of more maybe towards Christianity. Um, he concludes his book. He says, Let the person know that whoever turns a sinner from the Arab's way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude from, of sins. The idea that, that souls are saved, these, these identities of God, these miniature, smaller, not as significant, but, but in the image of God, souls are saved. And so this, this um, ties us to evangelism. Why the significance of what our, our religious, man's intrinsic religious desires, why do we have that? What is that in there for? Because it's a way of maintaining a relationship with God. And then the last one, uh, Acts chapter 17. We'll Acts, Acts chapter 17. Verse 24 through 29. <clears throat> he says, 
The God who made the world and everything in it, he's Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in shrines made by hands. He's not served by human hands like he needs anything. Since he himself gives everyone life and breath, all things. From one man he made um, all people to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries where they live. He did this so that they would seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So we are God's offspring. Then we shouldn't think of the divine nature to be like gold or silver or stone, which is an image fashioned by human art and imagination. And this sums up really everything we've talked about, that the image is not about visibility. It's about our design. And our design is to seek the divine. It's the spark in us that seeks something out there that, that can be fulfilled. And so... We get to the idea back, what we're talking about is this theology, our desire to assimilate divine thought into our lives and, and therefore kind of approach the, what we are made in the image of our. Um, so we'll close there. Yes. Yeah.